Welcome everybody to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. This is a very special episode this week. It's Wednesday, August 24th, and I'm preparing to go to Vegas here in two days to sign up for Circa again. Steve and I are going to enter, going to have two entries in the Circa contest, Circa Million contest this year. Also going to enter into Survivor. Also going to finally meet Kiev, the odds breaker himself on Friday. Can't wait to meet him finally in person. Going to meet some of the dudes at Sports Wagering University. I'm excited about that. Might meet Las Vegas Chris. Something tells me he's a pretty elusive guy. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see if we actually meet him. Uh, should be meeting Alex Christensen from the Bet US NBA show. So exciting, exciting. Going to be hanging out with the boys, signing up for Circa back in Vegas. Uh, very excited for this weekend. It's going to be a big week. And I'm excited for this podcast because we have some great things to talk about. You can follow me at Farley Betts across all social media, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Follow at Farley Betts. Follow us here at The Odds Breakers. This is where this podcast launches from, The Odds Breakers Podcast Network. We're still on a pretty good heater in all of our sports, hitting at, uh, I think it's like 67% right now in the last three weeks. Not too shabby. Over 30 units won. See if we can keep that going for our premium customers. If you're interested in my premium picks, sign up for my premium picks at the Odds Breakers. You can see the link there on the main site. And just a little scheduling note, be patient with me this fall, guys. It's going to be pretty damn busy. Going back on the BetUS NBA show, going to contribute to BetStamp and their new site on their some of their pods and articles going to... Of course, do my podcast here at the Oddsbreakers, but I think we're probably just going to do one per week, me and Steve's NFL breakdown that we do every week for Circa, for us, for you, uh, probably on Tuesday. And then, of course, all my affiliations with the 33rd team, love the content that's coming out of there, video content, written content, all NFL all the time. So check me out at all these places and please be patient with me because time is of the essence and uh, time is going to be limited, but I love it. This is this is the best time of year. We're entering the fall. NBA season is around the corner too. I'm excited, but let's get to the podcast because we have a lot of great things to talk about today. We're going to talk about fading public perception, why it's so important. We're going to try to change your mind about futures, futures betting. And we want to talk a little bit about closing line value, some of the misnomers and misconceptions that are packaged within closing line value. Like I said on Twitter yesterday, a lot of sharp bettors, a lot of bettors in general talk about closing line movement as if it is the end all be all, you know, a lot of pontification about that, but, and, you know, closing line value is very important, but I'm just going to urge you to think a little more holistically about that whole process. Let's start with fading public perception. In my opinion, one of the most important aspects of sports betting, especially in the NFL and the NBA, it's something that I utilize constantly. It's something that me and Steve utilize in our circuit picks constantly, is trying to analyze what the public perception is. And then most of the time, fading it. Now, is the public right sometimes? Sure. But most of the time, we're going to fade it, right? Because it's bros. It's not pros. It's bros. It's like dudes, everyday dudes, right? Just like getting action, going to the bar, drinking beer. And when sites like Action Network, by the way, or Vegas Insider refer to bet percentage, money percentage, line movement, 
first of all, there's there's no way that they're accumulating anything close to like a comprehensive data set of what that actual line movement is, right? Like we all know that, right? Gambling is a, a decentralized industry, right? So different sports books, different states. It's not centralized. They don't have to abide by a centralized structure, right? And this is why reverse line movement is a, it's a questionable concept. Very, very questionable. Because we really don't know why the money is moving in one direction or the other, right? If it's moving in the opposite direction of where all the money is, well, we can kind of take that for with a grain of salt, right? Because we want to, we're told that that's the sharps that are moving the lines. But these days, I think we can assume, and again, assume, right? That's all we're doing is assuming that at most books, especially very public sports books, where all the bros are betting, that that's public line movement. Right. I mean, how can we in one moment say, oh, my God, this industry is really exploding and there's a thousands and millions of new bettors entering the marketplace. And then when there's line movement, we're all like, oh, that's yeah, yeah, that's the sharps, man. Like the sharps are moving the lines, man. I don't think so. I think increasingly. It's probably the public that's moving lines. Right. We're talking about hordes and hordes of money coming from, you know. Individuals on a small, like pretty small amounts from, from individuals, but it's aggregating, right? It's becoming very large sums of money. Now, I don't know either way, but common sense, i.e. the influx of new gamblers, tells me that's probably mostly public perception. So then understanding line movement and basing your own power ratings and perceptions based on these lines that come out must be inherently false. Now, this will segue later into the segment about closing line value. But it must be inherently false because it's public. Now, of course, the sharps still have an effect on the lines. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying the, the, you know, the, the era of the sharps is over. Like, I'm not saying that. But we really don't know. But what we do know is that a lot of public bettors are entering the marketplace. So that being said, regardless of where the line sits, do yourself one favor this season, this NFL season, this NBA season, and when the games are over, and we'll use NFL examples mostly for this, right? So it's it's Monday morning. All the narratives are out. Matt Ryan impresses with the Colts. Baker Mayfield looks sharp. Panthers win. Trey Lance gets the game-winning touchdown throw. Josh Allen and the Bills stumble against the Jets. Like, when you're hearing these narratives on Monday morning, it's evaluation time. It's time for you to put on your thinking cap, look at your power ratings, if you created them on your own or wherever your perception lies, try to figure out what's fake news and what isn't. At the 33rd team, I think we're going to have a segment on that every week. What's fake news and what isn't? What's out of the ordinary that probably won't continue and what do you think will continue? Listen to the narratives from ESPN, Barstool, Bleacher Report, you name it, NFL.com. Listen to what they're saying. And remember that the purpose for those companies is to make money. It's not based on reality. It's not based on fact. It's not based on sharp takes or sharp perspectives. It's about making money, drawing eyes and ears, getting clicks. Like, why do you think they're talking so much about Trey Lance? Because on paper, 
Trey Lance is to the NFL where Brock Lesnar is to wrestling, right? He's a specimen. He's got, he's got all the attributes, physical, mental, intangibles. He can run. He can, apparently he has a great arm. Apparently he's a really good kid. He's a humble kid, ready to learn. Like the NFL is saying, okay, this guy has a, probably a pretty high chance of succeeding. And that's fine that ESPN is saying that, Bleacher Report is saying that, even some NFL guys are saying that, right? I've seen some uh, ex-coaches, players at the 33rd team, they're saying that. Okay. But at the end of the day, the purpose of all these companies is to make money. So because that's their purpose, again, inherently their purpose is not to be informing you about sharp perspectives, like really thought out, nuanced perspectives, right? We know this from the political machine on both sides, by the way, left and right. We know that it's more infotainment these days, right? It's not information. So don't be fooled. And every Monday morning, after all the games are over, after you drank all your beer, you know, you hung out with all your buddies, girlfriends or guy friends, all right? When I say buddies, guys, that's what I mean. But anyway, Monday morning, when it's all said and done, all the dust, the dust is settled. Think about what's true and what's not. Speaking of public perception, a lot of people aren't going to like this, but, you know, what else is new? Um, <laughs> speaking of public perception, how about hard knocks? Okay. I love Dan Campbell. He reminds me of the dude, right? Dan Campbell. He's like, yeah, man, we got to do this, man. We got to do this, man. And if we do this, man, we're going to win. Like, you know, he's like, he's a, he's a beast. You know, he's like 6'6". Six, six. I mean, he towered. Did you see how much he was towering over David Blau in the uh, third episode? <laughs> he's huge. Like, he's a big guy. He's an inspirational guy. I like him as a coach. But let's be real here, folks. Dan Campbell hasn't proved much as an NFL coach just yet. And, and Steve made a note of this. I was texting Steve when we were watching it. And Steve was saying, it says a lot that Dan Campbell was talking to Frank Reich before their practices, right? And Dan Campbell was like, hopefully we give you a tough time out here too. Almost as if Dan Campbell knows that there's still a young team that's learning, right? Frank Reich, not so much. He's been here before. He's been here a while. Um, be careful. The Detroit Lions are probably going to be lined in the market, right? I mean, they're up to seven now, right? In most books for the futures. Um, they're probably, they're, I mean, this is going to affect the way that they're rated by sports books, no doubt about it. Hard knocks alone. And they got a long way to go. I mean, Jared Goff is not a great starting quarterback, period. They have talent, they have a great offensive line, so they can give them plenty of time. But as much as like I love Dan Campbell, I think he's a great personality. Would love to get some beers with him. Seems like my kind of guy. Doesn't mean he's a great NFL coach. There's a big difference between coaching tight ends and coaching an NFL football team. All the organization, all the nuance that goes into that, you know? And if you're a hater, which I'm not, I love him. But like you could say, oh, maybe, maybe a little, maybe. Fewer up-downs there, Dan Campbell, and a little more studying, film. I don't know. I mean, who knows, right? It's all 
production at this point. All right, let's talk about futures. By the way, I'm going to give a free pick at the end of the show. I'm not, I'm not sure if I said that, so I'm saying it now. All right, now let's talk about futures. And when I say I want to change your mind about futures, I want you to express more caution. In fact, I want you to plan on losing every futures bet that you bet. I think that's how we need to start looking at futures. And again, I think this is propagated, right? The, the allure of a future is propagated on social media by betting companies, by sports books, because you can win very, very large amounts of money. Like, of course, if you pick Baker Mayfield to win MVP, like, I don't know what the odds are on that, probably like plus 40,000 because it would never happen. But if you bet on him to win MVP, you're probably going to tell all your friends, look at the, look what I could win with this bet. Instead of saying, I'm going to lose that bet, <laughs> right? Like I'm going to, I'm, I'm throwing away $50. I'm throwing away a hundred dollars. I'm throwing away $10. doesn't matter. You will probably lose that bet. So first very basic, like change of mind about futures is assume that you're going to lose. Secondly, now, there are some better future bets out there, right? Like Kiev talked about Lamar Jackson for MVP plus 700 at the time. Not sure where it is now. That's a that's a solid futures bet. Why? Because it could very realistically happen. It's Lamar Jackson. He's a running highlight, right? He's like a Madden character back in 1996, which just runs all over the field. How about Ryan Reynolds at the 33rd team? He told me about Kadarius Tony, most receptions this season in the NFL, plus 1,000. That's a good futures bet. Why? Because it could actually happen, and you're getting great value for it. But I don't understand why we ever take a futures bet for, like, minus 115. Variance is always going to be there either way, right? But variance is going to be compounded over and over and over again with time. So if you're making a bet now, for something that needs to happen, even if it's a great bet like Lamar Jackson for MVP. If you're if you're betting on this now, you, first of all, you better get exceptional value for that bet. But second of all, you're betting on something that that is going to happen or, or it's not going to happen, most likely, over the next five months, four to five months. Like, why would you bet on something that's minus 115? Now, even if it's a really good, even if you feel really good about it, and it, it has to take months to happen, instead of betting on something that's minus 115 tomorrow, and there's one thing that needs to happen, this team needs to win by this many points, or this has to reach this kind of total, right? Like, do you know how less variance there is in those situations? Again, variance is compounded over time, right? Like, what is it? Murphy's Law? If it can happen, it will happen. And in a long period of time, there are just so many different things that can happen in a given season. Injuries, teams being way better than we think they are, teams being way worse than they think they than we think they are. COVID. There's a death on the team. I mean, who knows? I mean, the only reason to bet a future in any capacity is if the value is extraordinarily high. Like, again, betting on things like the Super Bowl winner, even if it's like plus 300 and it's the best team in the NFL, you got to wait months for that, at least multiple weeks for that if you, you know, bet that during the season. 
But if you're betting on something like total receptions over 75 for like a random wide receiver who you think is going to have a good year for minus 115, that doesn't make sense to me. You know, reinvest your time in betting on sides or totals, not because you want quick money, right? Like we love to say that, you know, betting sharps love to say that. Like they love to tout about that. Like, oh, well, uh, it's all about the short term for today's society. So, no. There's a lot less variance in one game tomorrow than there's going to be in the next four months. That's why it's smarter, period. So for the most part, I just think we need to like, you know, we talk about futures as if all things the same, right? Like, ah, it's just another kind of betting, derivative betting. It's just another kind of betting you can do. It's another kind of thing you could be an expert in. And the reality is we should look at futures as losses. Like, 99% 99% of the time, it is going to lose. And the sports books know that. That's why they're giving you great value for a lot of these bets. You know, I, I should probably note when I have podcasts like this, I, I was a philosophy major. Okay, so I love logical fallacies. Like, I love the logic that a lot of people use on Twitter, on social media, and everybody's like, yeah, listen, there's a lot of sharp people out there, but there's a lot of people who, who think they're really sharp and they're not totally thinking things through. You know, and they probably have a really big following because, oh, I don't know, because they wear shades in their videos and they're, uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess I better not get started on that. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's just a lot of bullshit on social media. All right. Final topic. Let's talk a little bit about closing line value. Now, this is a big one, right? Closing line value. Is it important? Well, yeah. If you can get closing line value, of course, that's important, right? I mean, if you can get, um, the Packers plus eight, you know, against the Chiefs when you think Aaron Rodgers is not going to be in the game and then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers is in the game and the Packers are plus two. Yeah, that's pretty important. But first of all, let's not act like it's hard to understand what closing line value is, okay? Because I see that a lot. I see a lot of touting about closing line value, a lot of pontificating. Oh, you... You know, let me put on my Einstein hat here and tell you guys what closing line value is. Okay, it's really not that hard, guys. All right, why the hell would you want a plus four on a team if you can get a plus seven, right? Like, you want the plus seven, okay? So for the most part, it requires time and attention. You got to pay attention to the marketplace, right? You're trying to get the best number. And yes, a big part of betting, a very large part of betting is getting the best number. And there's many people who will tell you that is the most important part. For me, it's one of the most important parts, but I can't say it's the most important part because there is just a lot of things that go into a given handicap, okay? Over time, getting the best lines is going to do you really good. But let's just start with this. Too many bettors are completely tied to finding closing, closing line value, which most of the time, that's probably based off their own power ratings and assessments right? So point two is your power ratings and your assessments of the sports and teams, et cetera, they better be razor sharp if you're going to pull the trigger on snagging early lines. Let me repeat that. If you're really tied to closing line value and finding it and being like a savant of closing line value, cool. But then your power ratings separately from what Vegas is telling us, because we know a lot of what goes into these lines that we're seeing is public perception. So let me repeat, your power ratings 
and or your assessment of the sport, team, etc., better be razor sharp if you're going to pull the trigger on snagging early lines. I'll expose myself with this one. I gave away Hawaii plus seven to my premium customers. Today, it's plus eight. I had no idea that was going to happen. I think the fact that it's plus seven at Hawaii with all the pomp and circumstance that's going to happen in that game for a Vanderbilt team that's, I mean, very evenly matched. Like, why the hell is it moving up to plus eight? I have no idea. Okay. College football is not as much my expertise as the NFL and the NBA. So I got exposed a little bit there, right? Would I take the plus eight? You're damn right I would. But again, I took an early line thinking that there's no way it's going to move up. So my power ratings, my assessment of these sports and teams must be a little off. Or public perception is off. Or the sharps are off, right? We really don't know. But the point is, your your ratings better be razor sharp if you're going to be tackling early lines. But let's focus on the first point for now. Too many betters are completely tied to finding closing line value, right? That's great. And you and you can win just by following the market. That's true. There are sports betters, guys and gals, who are out there and they're just analyzing the market. That's all they're doing. And and you can win for sure, long term. But again, keep in mind you're analyzing Vegas's perception not your own perception. So this can help with trends and predicting when they'll happen, right? Like when the lines are going to move eventually, sure. But it does not necessarily help increase your understanding of the given sport. It does not. Because as we know, again, lines are formed based on perception, not reality, right? The sports books want 50% on both sides of the line. That's why the line is where it is. And perception, especially the increasing public perception, is not an indicator of reality. I mean, are you paying attention to how often Vegas is close to these lines? Right? So if Vegas has, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to pull out a random, you know, Dolphins against the Patriots. Okay, let's say that, right? Week one, Dolphins minus three. That's what it used to be, right? It's minus two and a half now. But the point is, if that game ends, Dolphins 24-21, Everyone's going to be like, whoa, Vegas is so sharp. Wow, they're so good at what they do. But are we paying attention to how often Vegas or the sports books are wrong? We tend to over-recognize when they're right, right? Like, how does Vegas do that? They said the total was 48 and a half, and it ended at 49. How did they do that? Well, do we recognize how often they're wrong? Because they're wrong a lot. Also, how much is this approach overcommitting to closing line value? This is a this is a big question. How much is your approach overcommitting to closing line value? If that's you, how much is that taking away from analyzing the many other factors that go into handicapping? I said handicapping, handicapping. Handicappers are often very staunch on what they do well, right? And some of the best are great at finding closing line value. But I don't see many who are great at finding closing line value and also just being pure handicappers or great at CLV and they have a deep understanding of the athletes, the team, the sport itself. Closing line value is really important. And if you can middle something, that's the best, right? Like if you can get like if you can get a plus eight in an NFL game and then it moves down to a five, you know, maybe you take the favorite, right? Minus five. That's awesome when that can happen. And that's a great way to compound your winnings.
All I'm saying is don't become so obsessed with finding closing line value that you that you're lost in just that. There are so many factors to consider in sports betting. Weather, injuries, travel spot, motivation, momentum, coaching, leadership, matchups. So if you're just pulling the trigger to feel sharp, like I got the best line. Cool. That's good. But again, your power ratings better be razor sharp. It's also okay to wait, right? Like if you're not totally sure about your takes or where this line is going to move, it's okay to wait. Those guys and girls who have power ratings and power assessments of teams that are really, really sharp, those are the best ones or those are the ones you can trust with closing line value. But I'll tell you this, and in the first half of last year's NBA season, I, I got no closing line value. I just didn't like I was against much of the line movement and I was winning a lot. Right. Because I, I chose not to pay attention to what Vegas was telling me the perception of these teams and games are. I chose to ignore that because I thought it was so off and it worked. And then as time went on, right, halfway through the season, Vegas got a lot sharper. But it's OK to wait. It's also okay to be secure in your angles and pull the trigger. But again, if you're going to be secure in your angles, you better be really sharp from the perspective that you're coming from. Because sometimes and probably oftentimes, if you're fooling, if you're pulling the trigger that quickly, you probably don't have the sharpest read yet. For most of you, that's probably true, right? If you're pulling that trigger Monday morning, boom, NFL lines are out, boom. I'm going to get closing line value there, I think, because I understand Vegas line movement. Boom. Cool. That's awesome you probably don't have the sharpest read just yet because you probably haven't analyzed anything else. But your power ratings, your assessment of these teams and the intangibles, it needs to be razor sharp in those cases. Or else odds are, odds, and that's what we're talking about, odds are you're going to lose more often and you'll become even more frustrated, period. And that's what closing line value or an over-focus on closing line value can lead you towards. A lot of frustration. I got closing line value. What the hell? Why am I losing? Probably because you're forgetting about a lot of the other elements and factors that go into sports betting. I I have growth for sure to do in understanding sports betting marketplaces. No doubt about it. NFL, NBA even. Sure. I mean, I'm much better at the NFL and the NBA in those cases, but we all have room to grow. Pretty good at understanding these teams, athletes, the psychology situation. I'd rather be good at that and, you know, pass on some bet. I'd rather be good at that and, you know, pass on some bets that I don't really have that great of a grasp of than over-execute, over-expose my investments on closing line value, just to get closing line value. All right, we're almost at 30 minutes on this pod, so let me end this with a free pick. Going to be watching this game as I wake up, probably pretty hungover in Vegas on Saturday morning. Northwestern and Nebraska. Northwestern is plus 13. Get the hell out of here. If Nebraska covers minus 13, good for them. They deserve it. But every single year, all we see is Scott Frost disappointing, letting down. Year after year after year after year. I know it's in Dublin. I sent out an email to premium customers today, you know, 
And I said, even though they're at home, they suck at home. Okay, I forgot in one instant that it was in Dublin. Sorry about that. Um, but it doesn't matter. Scott Frost, in almost every situation, as a Nebraska head coach, has not been good. And Northwestern is a formidable team. It's Big Ten. They're returning a lot of starters, a lot of veteran experience on that team. Why the hell is that plus 13? For the, in quotes, visiting Wildcats. Nah. I'm taking Northwestern plus 13 in that one. There's your free pick. Thank you so much for being with us today on Laying the Points with Farley Bets. Hope you enjoyed this conversation, this discussion about betting strategy and betting philosophy on fading public perception, futures, and CLV. Hopefully some of this resonated with you. I'll be back next week with the circle winning Steve Norman at Bobo Bets, my circle winning partner, as we start to preview the NFL season and get ready for our weekly podcast. Until next time, maybe I'll see some of you in Vegas. See you later and let's win some damn money.